Hello, and welcome to the Luther Loves Movies podcast, episode 4. I must say, uh, four weeks in, and it's getting easier to do this. However, I still find myself with an almost crippling level of anxiety, and my almost innate desire to procrastinate really does come from just that, is that I am sometimes scared to push myself to do this. Which is surprising, considering that I'm not really putting anything at stake. I I know that I have at least a few listeners. Um, thank you, my friends, who have tuned in uh, and have kept me updated that you've been listening. But at the same time, I still feel this sense of not doing good enough. I still have this shakiness that takes over me and not just because it's 41 degrees this morning and I'm freezing in my RV and for some reason I decided that what I wanted to put in my body today would be a nice frosty smoothie but it's very delicious so I can't really complain. It's very strange to me as someone who is pretty forthgoing when it comes to striking conversations with strangers, which is something I feel like I do a lot. It's something I've done a lot this week and something that helped contribute to this episode, actually, as you'll uh, later inform you. I, I've done theater for years. I've done onstage poetry. I've even tried my hand at stand-up comedy and nothing has made me more anxious than trying to make this podcast and I don't understand it. There's much less of an audience. I am not having to do it in front of people. I am literally alone in my room looking at my computer and yet for some reason I'm more overcome with insecurity than I ever have about anything else I've ever done performance-wise. Yet at the same time, I can also feel myself improving. I'm feeling more comfortable talking to you as I am right now. And really, I think this is closer to what I want. I, As much as I want to deliver facts and information, I also want to be able to talk opinions and be able to talk from the heart and to feel like I'm actually having a conversation. And I know that I'm just starting out and that I will grow. I'm just ready for this feeling to pass because this week, more than anything, I think has reminded me of really why I want to do this. And as the as this episode goes on, I'll clarify. But I just wanted to take a moment to air out my thoughts because this podcast isn't just about movies. It's about me. It's about who I am, my relation to film, my love, my passion, what I am, I'm trying to dedicate myself to something, to to give myself also, I, I suppose, like a sense of discipline. I, I've not been so committed to something like this before, and despite how I feel challenged, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself in the sense that I want to acknowledge that pride because acknowledging things about myself that I'm proud of is not something that I think I have done enough of in my life. I have qualities about myself that I like. I try and talk very positively about myself, whether I'm being 
jokingly narcissistic with my friends or just that I'm I'm trying to present myself as likable I feel like I rarely talk in regard to being proud of myself and my accomplishments because I want to stay humble but at the same time I need to start giving myself recognition for the things that I do that I feel give me a self-sense of purpose because too often do I look at my life and I feel like I haven't done enough or that I'm a failure because there are people who are so much further along in their passions and their goals and their dreams than I am and I am enough and I am doing enough and I and putting work in and I need to recognize myself for that as I think a lot of us do I think there's too many of us that do not give ourselves that allowance for self-recognition there sure it, to be prideful can be dangerous but to lack in pride can also be just as dangerous Anyways, I, I think that's all I need to say on the matter. I've gotten myself a little worked up, if I'm being honest. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Uh, this week, I was able to watch the short films Nai Nai and Waipo. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing those horribly, especially because even though I've tried to learn Mandarin on Duolingo, I have the worst time understanding vowel tones. I also watched The Last Repair Shop, and I was very lucky that one of my local theaters was playing the international feature film The Teacher's Lounge. And prior to the start of the film, I struck up conversation with fellow attendees Jen and Andy, who were very gracious enough to allow me to interview them after the film, of which I am very happy to include that interview at the end of today's episode. But a few things first. As I've continued to search for films to knock off of my watch list, I came across the website of one Kelsey Stefanson. Kelsey is an award-winning graphic designer and creative director who on her website has created a search list for films by streaming service. You can select the streaming service that you have and it will list for you what Academy-nominated films can be found there. It will also list other films with other accolades that can be found on those streaming services. As of right now, I believe this is probably the best way to try and find films to knock off your watch list. A big thank you to Kelsey, and I will be sure to include the link to her website in today's episodes under the description. One thing that I also noticed amongst the streaming services that Kelsey had listed was Hoopla. Now Hoopla, in my opinion, is perhaps one of the best streaming services to date. It might not have everything on it. It doesn't have its own original shows, but it's updated often. You can find a wide ranging assortments of audiobooks, comics, ebooks, movies, music, and TV from your phone or computer. And its list is so large because it is literally the library. In order to start an account with Hoopla, you must log in and create your account with your library card. And that's all. 
no no monthly rates nothing and sure they they don't have the largest selection of maybe the most like wanted to watch films but it does have a very decent selection and does cover that larger scope of different media that you could be looking for but they also have a lot of a24 films i know that a24 has become kind of that like antithesis for good movie making production company that they're not the best but they definitely undoubtedly have a lot of the greats such as just reading off of my phone here they have past lives you hurt my feelings minari the whale everything everywhere all at once Bo is afraid marcel the shell with shoes on i it's the list goes on and on it's definitely worth checking out and all it needs is your library card and that's another thing perhaps the best way to watch movies is to rent them from your local library. I'm serious. I, it, it doesn't cost anything. All you have to do is just go to the building, rent the films from your local library, take them home, and then return them in a week. Uh, I know that my library allows me to, I think, rent at least four or five titles at a time. And you would be surprised at what all you can find in a library film collection. The Horry County Memorial Library? Has my favorite film, Mandy, a psychedelic, crazy, bloody horror film, amongst tons of other stuff. In fact, in 2017, my local library when I was living in Calabash was a big part of how I was able to complete my Oscar watch. Movies that I couldn't find on any streaming service anywhere, they had on DVD for me to be able to rent and bring home. So, if you don't already have your library card, go get it. I I sometimes feel kind of guilty that I use my library more to rent movies than I do books. But anyways, the first film I'm going to talk about this week is Nai Nai and Waipo. Nai Nai and Waipo is a film about the director Sean Wang's two grandmothers. It is utterly cheerful. It's a beautiful story about these two older ladies and how they live the later years of their lives together, doing everything they can to keep things interesting and fun. It's a very nice story, and it made me think, because the director, Sean Wang, is only a year older than me. I unfortunately don't have any remaining grandparents. My father is actually 82 years old, whereas I'm 28, and... Honestly, I've always thought about making a documentary about his and I's relationship, as despite being many years apart, and oftentimes our differences causing us to butt heads, I love my dad, and I know he loves me too, and wherever we go, it's we're always causing a ruckus. I think we're always trying to be the funniest people in the room, and I'm sure that probably comes to everyone else's annoyances and groans of displeasure at the onslaught of puns and witty humor that we can come up with when we're together. Anyways, it was a very beautiful and touching story, and I'm so happy that this very simple but endearing story about this young man and his two grandmothers has gone all the way to the Oscars, and it's definitely probably the most lighthearted story that you'll see. 
The next film is The Last Repair Shop, which I actually literally watched just this morning. It's a story about the LA Unified School District's repair shop for students' instruments. It's one of the few remaining in America and only has a few workers, but services over 80,000 students. The film interviews students and the workers alike. It shows the importance that these instruments have and, and what a great opportunity it is for these students to have access to free instruments and learn music. And in many cases, it's life-changing, especially for the students who maybe come from backgrounds that wouldn't normally allow them to have this opportunity. The film also interviews the workers and tells the story of their lives and how they came to work there and each and every one of them has such an incredible story. There were times where like, I, I couldn't help but be teary-eyed listening to these tales because the, the struggles that they went through. And the more I thought of it, it's of a story of us all. We all have a story to tell. We all have these struggles that we have gone through that are worth hearing about. You might not think so about yourself, but you have a story that's worth hearing. There will always be someone out there who will enjoy to hear that story because we all can relate to each other. There's no one out there who has lived a life where nothing interesting or bad or great has happened at all. There's no one out there who just lives their life in complete mundanity. And sure, you might feel like you're stuck in a rut of mundanity right now. Sometimes I do as well, but that's not your whole story. When you watch, when you watch a movie, you are watching an hour to two hours of a person's life. You're not seeing all the weeks that went by where they weren't doing much of anything except for just living. I had a moment with a co-worker the other day where he mentioned to me uh, uh, how when he was younger he won a sweepstakes with his uh, siblings and they got to meet the actors of a TV show. I was like, dude, this is an awesome story. You, you've never told me about this in like the year that I've known you and we talk about everything. He's like, I guess I just kind of forgot about it. There's so many interesting things in our lives that we probably have also just forgotten about. But when we sit back and examine that, all of us have a story to tell. The importance of these stories, they're unique and they're interesting and they're inspirational. And when you tell them, people gain from that. They, they gain the inspiration to take chances or try something for themselves or go out and make a change or simply enjoy the fact that something so entertaining or unique has happened and they got to know about it. I mean, think about stories that you may have heard in which you it didn't change you, but you're happy to know it. I find this to be the case for myself all the time. I, I love listening to NPR. One of, one of my favorite things to listen to is this the story core. To listen to people's conversations with each other, tell the story of their lives, tell a story between the two of them. I love to hear it. It breathes life into the world around me. I think too often we sometimes look at the people around us and we start to think of them as, this is a nerdy term, but... NPCs, non-player characters, as just faces with uh, artificial intelligence behind them, but that's not the case. We are all 
very real people. And when we forget that, we let the small things divide us. We let our labels and our ideas of the world around us divide us. Politics is made up of how well we actually know each other. There's been times in my life where I know that someone does not agree with me or does not like the way that I live my life, but the more that we talk to each other, the more that we try and understand each other as human beings, that we all have this same connection of the human experience that goes away. It, it helps fight it. It helps change minds and opinions. The first step to that is just talking to others. And the second step, and most importantly, is that you talk with kindness. That you treat others how you want to be treated. That you have compassion and caring. Because when you give it and it's received, it can take hold and it can grow and it can spread. And we desperately need kindness to spread in the world that we live in today. I think I've gotten off a little off subject, but... Watching The Last Repair Shop reminded me of the importance of individual stories. It reminded me why I love documentaries so much. Why I love films so much. The second big takeaway I took from The Last Repair Shop was how music also brings us together. How it connected the workers and the students, despite them never interfacing with each other, it showed that there's a connection between them. The love of music is magic, in a way. It changes people, it drives them, it, it creates passion. People dedicate their lives to it. I, I I wish I had more discipline and dedication to learn a musical instrument. I, I'm completely tone deaf, so I'm not sure it would even help. Please, you don't want... I mean, if you would like to feel better about yourself, please invite me to any karaoke nights. I still love to sing regardless, I just am not good at it. <laughs> but... I, I love music. I, I love classical music. I, I love to feel I love to feel moved by it. And I love seeing that all work together in this in this very beautiful documentary. I'm I'm going to go ahead and move on. I feel like I've gotten way too sentimental this episode and I will hopefully be able to cut this so that you're not just listening to large moments of silence. The next film is uh, The Teacher's Lounge, which I saw the other night. The Teacher's Lounge is about a young Polish teacher named Carla coming to work at a German school. The school is dealing with a series of thefts, which is putting a lot of pressure on the students as the teachers try and find out who's been stealing. Carla feels that she needs to protect the students because the school is dealing with the issue far too harshly. However, when Carla tries to take matters into her own hands to try and catch the theft, things escalate quickly. 
actions have unintended consequences. Both faculty and students begin to turn on each other, to point fingers, to point blame. Logic is thrown out the window, and in the end, it leads to nothing much but disaster with no real solution. To put it simply, the film stops becoming a whodunit and becomes a reflection of our morality when put to the test and under stress. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but anyways. As I stated in the beginning of the episode, I was very happy to be able to interview my fellow moviegoers after the film. I will go ahead and play that clip now. Uh, pardon for the bad phone recording. I'll try and edit it to sound a little bit clearer the best that I can. I start the interview by asking Jen and Andy for the opinions of the film overall, as well as jokingly tossing in a reference to a repeated line of dialogue from the film. Also a fair warning, this interview does contain spoilers to the plot of the film. Uh, my apologies. Alrighty, I just got out of seeing Teacher's Lounge, and I'm now accompanied with fellow moviegoers, Andy and Jen. Uh, guys, what did you think about... I'll go ahead and put a synopsis in the podcast earlier so that the listeners will already know what we're talking about. Uh, what did you guys think about the films? And please, answers in German only. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was... The subtitles at the beginning were a little distracting, but after the first couple minutes, it was kind of easy to follow because the story was so captivating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a captivating story. One made you really kind of get into thinking about the different, you know, aspects of how things can go in so many different directions. Kind of, like, from the very moment the movie started, it kind of just you are already in it. They're already in the middle of this investigation. You're already, like, alright, I'm here. Tell me what's going on. I felt like the film shifted from being like a whodunit to being more of a story of morals. Uh, it seemed like uh, when it first started, it kind of reflected a almost kind of reminiscence of Nazi-era, like, hand us your papers, show us that you're innocent. But as the film went on, it seemed to be more of a story of cause and effect. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of different kind of ins and outs of the movie where you kind of are going down one road and then the character brings you, you know, into another way of thinking about, you know, the, the all the things that are going on around, you know, and then it just kind of has this, it has a lot of twists and turns that you know, keep you keep you on your toes, kind of guessing, thinking and applying it to the way we live today in different aspects. Yeah. I was engaged because of being really on the teacher's um, perspective, same mindset, I could completely agree with the way she was thinking, the way she posed catching the thief, and then it became like an interrogation of her character and her morals, and that threw me, but I also thought she did a good job staying quiet, her character did, yeah. and not trying to defend her actions, but the ability to love her students through all of the just trash that the parents were saying, like, it just shows you what social media and these little Facebook or apps, you know, these groups that can chit chat behind, um, people's backs about the people how much damage that can do in any aspect i think of life little nod to the social media with the whatsapp 
yeah. usage it, but it wasn't overly heavy in the movie. But you could see how the influence of something like that can, you know, how it happened even Everybody's in that movie when it wasn't a big part of it. And I had mentioned to Jen when we first got out uh, in America, well, we have like a lot of the different social media apps in Europe, really countries just outside of the U.S. WhatsApp is the like primary social media interface that people are using. So yeah, I, I like that a lot where it, it, it seemed like the more paranoid everyone got the more concerned they got that they would be taken victims of they started to just throw civility and order out the window it was a very uh i want to attack you because i don't want anyone looking at me sort of mindset didn't you feel like when the parents got involved is when the chaos ensued because at the beginning of the movie when it was just the teacher and the children they were doing the little clappy dance and the good morning song and everything was the manner and the energy that should be in a classroom with a teacher and a student. But when the parents started questioning the integrity of the teacher, when the chitter chat started going on between the parents and them asking questions about what's going on to their students and kind of digging up nonsense and things that they shouldn't even have been involved in and conversations with their students that were inappropriate in regard to the teacher the students all of a sudden lost respect for her and you could really see the shift between the beginning of the school year versus the end of you know how the movie wrapped up i guess it was the end of the school year i don't know thought it was a neat little glimpse into society today i can't possibly imagine being in school and having that level of disrespect for the authority figure and i'm not saying blind or authority but there is no authority there is no authority i mean there is it is total lack of this which i see in so many things in today's society you know but you just can't you would have never I, and even the school up, newspaper yeah. at the end, how the whole, how they twisted everything. But they're learning how to do that from our media and from yeah. our culture today. Yeah. You say what you want to say, you put your spin on it, and then you present it as truth. And it was fascinating how the students presented that, and the faculty agreed oh, and believed and it. And there was no way to defend it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like she really didn't like how the students were. Be- being treated and she wanted to step in and put her own actions to resolve the issue and though she had the most well intentions it snowballed effect because of how everyone else felt about the issue the the gossiping the talking between the teachers and students the uh the school newspaper it snowballed into this effect of how one seemingly almost simple little incident could turn into this great thing where uh, someone is fired a student is being arrested at the at the end of the film uh don't worry i'll put a spoiler warning at before <laughs> before the end um one of the things i really liked was uh you you mentioned like the disrespect there was a scene where she brings the student up um tom who is very disrespectful towards her in class when he's caught cheating on his uh, homework. It's then almost that conversation where he, she's wanting him to admit fault, and he's like, do you want me to apologize, is mirrored when Oscar, the son of the woman who was fired for this supposed theft, wants her to then say, well, she's like, well, do you want me to apologize? Because he wants 
answers from her. And when I first saw the scene with Tom, I was like, is Tom going to be more involved? And when I saw that parallel, it came full circle for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. There were a lot of ties throughout. If you, I think if I watched it again, I'd pick up on more of that, but I could see how she just wanted people to be honest and transparent. And she thought that it would start with the older generation. And when it didn't, and it, trickled down you could see it in the younger generation the 12 year olds in her classroom and it was just I think devastating that was what was gut-wrenching that's what got me because I was like oh just just be honest and like even when the little girl apologized for the school newspaper at the end and was like it wasn't supposed to be about that you hurting you ah I mean it's just gut-wrenching but good film overall oh yeah definitely recommend I, I think one of my little favorite feats of it was uh, the scoring behind it. I love the little the strings yeah. in between the silent the section that was... keep you like dun 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 dun. Yeah, you know, something's coming. Any any other films that you guys really liked uh, this year as we're, we're wrapping up the uh, award season? American Fiction. <laughs> I mean, gosh, that was it was just so good. That was a yeah, 10 out of 10, for sure. Guys, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, Appreciate take it. Care. I would also like to thank Jen for snapping a really great shot of me, which I, if you might have noticed, if you have checked out the Facebook page, and if I have updated the Spotify page by now, uh, that I am using for my current photo for the cover of the podcast. Again, Jen, thank you so much. This week's episode's photo was, of course, made by Dallas Stepp. The background music was Boss Antigua by Kevin McLeod, and is, of course, distributed by Acast. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week. Bye-bye.